The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Kyle. And I just want to say thanks for tuning in to hang out with us today, and thanks for telling all your weird friends because that is the best thing you can do to help move the podcast forward. The more ears we fall on, the fucking better. Absolutely. Today we are going back to Stardust Ranch again. Again, we're getting close to the end. For all of those of you that are sick of hearing about it. We're getting close. Yeah, I know there's a couple of you. This might this might be the last one. I, it just depends on how we get through. Until we go to Stardust ourselves. Which would be awesome. Yeah, so let's make that happen. If anybody has any uh, pull out that way, let's do that. Before we go back to Stardust, we're going to get through the business. So check us out at all your social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Come over, hang out with us, share memes. Share weird articles, share weird shit. Just help keep building this community that is so fucking dope. We appreciate you guys. You're just awesome. Awesome. If you have a uh, listener, you are the listeners, never mind. If you have a paranormal encounter you'd like to share with us, uh, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. You can get on your voice memo app and record your story. You can write it out. You can record a video, basically anything. And then email it over to hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. We have a um, Patreon account. Search up Hollow Sky Podcast and come and pick a tier if you'd like to support us that way. Get some cool shit, stickers, buttons, magnets. Uh, $10 tier, you get its t-shirt after a little bit. Bunch of cool things if that's the way you'd like to support the show. We are more than grateful we also have a Venmo account set up if you'd like to throw a few bucks into our monster fund to get that sweet nectar in our hands. Um, not interested in that. The best thing you can do is, first off, tell tell everybody about us. Anybody that you think's into the paranormal, into the creepy, into the weird, shoot our name out there, send them a link. Whatever you can do to help these grassroots grow is much appreciative. 
Um, after that, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and drop us a five-star rating and review. That shit helps out so much. You have no idea. Just helps push us up and elevate us through all of the other podcasts. And when someone searches up dope shit, they'll find us. If you leave us a five-star rating and review, I'll gladly shout you out and you'll be famous. Let's go. Fucking world famous. World that's, that's, famous. That's what it is. Um, today's five-star rating and review is brought to us by our friend Cassie. Five stars. Recommend for sure. I think you guys are great. Cover some interesting stuff. This is Cassie from Indiana. Well, Cassie from Indiana, thank you for checking us out and listening to us and being dope. And we recommend you for sure. Absolutely. So Couldn't agree more. There. Um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to... Just leave that little tidbit of awesomeness. It's probably my favorite part of the show. I say it all the time, but just getting some interaction and some feedback from you guys is so awesome. I love it. From there, we're going to go into our listener episode of the day. This one is a new one. It comes from our website, actually. It's going to be my first one that I've done from here. So it is from our friend Anthony. It says, Personal Encounter. Hey guys, your last episode with the listener write-in talking about her lucid dreams got me to write you guys about my wife and the dream she has. This one is particularly stuck, er, excuse me. This one is particularly struck her and I differently. Her dream centered around this large building with a lot of glass windows. She was inside with our four kids and a large crowd of people including military type personnel. Suddenly she said they heard jets flying over and explosions rocked the building and shattered the glass windows. She then said the people scattered with said military types taking our kids as the crowd pushed her away in the panic. The rest of the dream, she's panicking as chaos ensues around her. She eventually makes her way outside. The sky is red as if there's many fires ablaze. Jets are flying overhead and outside the building, the parking lot is set up like a military encampment or a base. People and military people are still scrambling about. My wife has no idea where she is or where I am. The emotions she felt are too real. She turns this corner and sees me coming from the inside of the building with our two sons and twin daughters. She said, I had all my gear on with rifles slung over my back. I was covered in blood but didn't appear to be mine, or at least I wasn't hurt bad, but looked like I was in a hell of a fight. It ends as we hop into a truck and take off. She woke up shaken. It took her a couple days to tell me about it because the emotions and everything hit so hard. Crazy, right? Well, months later, we moved from the upper Midwest to Kansas. A couple weeks after after driving somewhere, my wife looks to the right. There it is, the fucking building from her dreams. It's a local YMCA building with huge glass windows that started from the ground level to the roof. She froze in shock. On the way back, we pulled up to it. She knew where everything was and how it was laid out from her dream. From the parking lot to the ground level, we couldn't believe it. She still gets chills when we go by. My honest theories is these people, like my wife and past listener, emailer, are either seeing the future or they are seeing separate timelines that leak into our current as we drift over to it. She's had plenty of other dreams that I could go on about that are similar. Anyways, love the show and keep it up. That's strange. Oh. Because it sounds like when you're reading it, like I initially thought that it was like a continuation of the last one or... It was like two people in the same one, but you're looking through different sets of eyes. Yeah. In the same scenario. Yeah. Because it, it's Kyle hit the nail on the head of the first. It kind of just kind of sounded like this post-apocalyptic 
dream scenario. Yeah. You know, like it's it's easy, kind of easy to break down. Like it's terrifying because your kids are involved and that shit is stressful as fuck and gives oh, me anxiety yeah. when I think about it. But when you wrapped it up with the kicker that you see the building that she experienced in the new town you live in, that's pretty fucked up. It is strange. And it does it does make it sound like either she's seeing in a different timeline. I'm, hope she's, or, I'm hoping she's not seeing the future. Yeah, that would suck. That is heavy. But do they feel like this one and the first one that we got feel connected? Yeah, which leads me to this question. Is anyone else out there having similar dreams like this? Are you having these post-apocalyptic, military-esque uh kind of warish dreams is this is this something that's going on recently yeah, a new phenomenon popping yeah. up because it doesn't say how long ago she had this dream does it i don't think no, so i don't think so um anthony if you're listening uh how long ago did this occur i'm wondering if this is a new phenomenon if more people are experiencing it uh just shoot us a message and let us know yeah because this ironically enough could be something new that we just stumbled on if this is like a thing. Especially since they're so similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I I get that if you look out if you're outside the box looking in, it just seems like every military doomsday movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if if it's all correlating together, it makes me wonder if the last emailer recognized the building that she was around. Or even at that, like the my initial gut feeling from it was that like you remember reading World War Z, right? The book? Yeah. How it's all talking about the same scenario. People seeing different aspects. But of it. you're you're yeah. going to different aspects Absolutely. of the same the same thing. Absolutely. Like Very that's well initially what I thought was going on. We could all be slowly connecting to this group consciousness that could try to be preparing us for a future like this. Dude, that's fucking bizarre. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, the consciousness thing is popping up a lot in my life here lately. It's weird. It um, is really weird. Yeah, Anthony, let us know like when this if you can give us a time f- frame of when this happened. Yeah, please. And if anybody else is having military-esque semi kind of close dreams, hit us out. Hit yeah. us up. And when you when shoot you us do, an email, shoot us a message. When you guys do, start hitting us with time frames. Because like when you at least like a month and a year of when you had these dreams. Two can be a coincidence, but if there's more than two, some weird shit's Something's going on. Something's going on, for sure. Absolutely. So again, Anthony, thanks for taking the time to uh, put that together and send it our way. Uh, yeah, like you said, you you might have just put us on a new path. It's pretty dope. Yeah, for sure. Not dope that your wife had to have this dream that's just so anxiety inducing. But if it's something weird going on, who knows? Better be ready for it. All right, so now about that time it is that time we're going back to stardust we are going the fuck back to stardust so we're going to play it by ear this could be the last episode this could be the second to last episode it's, it's kind of hard telling. becoming my second home oh well, yeah for sure and hopefully like you said we get to go there one day and talk to john that'd be, that'd be, sick be awesome but here we go so we pick up with uh, a couple mind-blowing statements <laughs> Love it. It's fucking rad. I love so, it. This is where it's gonna start. So the planet Earth is where, and I think I went over this a little bit in the last episode, but I'm gonna re-dive into it. Planet Earth is where ETs 
will grow what they need and then transplant it to other planets. Now, supposedly, there are thousands of these planets with humans or things like us on it. Humans in quotation. Yeah. So basically what happens is the cedars, quote unquote, as he calls them, they create a biological being within the parameters of the planet. Now, with that being said, they then seed the humans or like I, like I was saying earlier, whatever I would assume would be able to survive on said planet. Then they create context, then a narrative. After they do this, they, the quote unquote cedars, which by assumption would be your ETs, leave that planet for 10,000 years and then see what happens. Now, it's a simulation. Almost. It's like what, damn near. It's, like it's, it's like turning a computer. It's like, it's like turning on the Sims. Yes. Setting up a basic start scenario and just walking away from it yeah, for 10,000 years. Just hit and play and then walking away. Just Absolutely. letting them do their thing. And then, you know, they go on to, to say that this could essentially explain the theory of past civilizations. Because, like, uh, the way I understood it is, like, every one of these races on these planets, they're they're given the set parameters, and it's almost like we're being put there to, like, solve something, solve some type of issue. And we all get to a certain point, and then eventually the Cedars have to come back and be like, yep, these guys failed, reset, and whether... They send a great flood or they asteroid or whatever it is. And they hit the reset button and start all over again. I wonder what their end game is. I don't know. What results are they looking for? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure as fuck it's not the humans we got now. Probably not. Uh, Another note here is that John states we view ETs as external, like a ship, a body, but most actual contact is internal. It's a thought we don't know the origin of or a vivid dream, which I find extremely interesting. Like when you really dive into that quote, that's fucking bizarre. Read it again. Like so it's it comes to it comes down to the contact with extraterrestrials. And like he states, you know, people People mostly think it's eternal, external, which is more like physicality, like seeing a UFO or seeing an alien. But in all reality, most contact is actually internal. And the quote he gives is, it's a thought we don't know the origin of or a vivid dream, which is fucking borderline terrifying. Because we all have those, like those thoughts that just pop up in your head for no reason. Yeah. Or these vivid dreams that you can't explain, which is so weird because we just had a listener just submission. About the dreams, <laughs> man. The the craziest dream I've had recently that I remember is the one I was sleeping on the couch. I'd fallen asleep out there. I think it was my last midnight turn, and I remember hearing loud bangs through the house. I just thought it was Frank, but then I remember. F- falling like I remember looking up and my ceiling wasn't there it was just the night sky and I was falling but as I landed in the couch it woke me up that's weird you're probably being abducted great cool 
That'd be my that'd be my guess, my spin on the topic there. Can't confirm. I didn't mean to. No, it's good. It's good. I'm just thinking of weird dreams and aliens planting them in my head, but Hell apparently that's yeah. not the only thing that was being planted inside me. So let's go. Sick. So from here, it gets a little bit heavy, and it kind of sparks a lot of thoughts for me. As he's speaking with these beings, he's touching on how we change the world and whatnot. You know, like he's asking them, like, okay, so if you guys are kind of all knowing, like, how how can we make this a better place? How can we progress as a species? And so on and so forth. And one of the most important things we need to understand and figure out is that our species is transdimensional. The way I take it is truly being in touch with what's inside you. I'm going to read right from the book because this is a... It's a very interesting spin on the words, and it's very well written. So it's coming to understand what spirit is in a literal way, not the endless allegories that are the favorite of religions. Spirit is not an allegory, just as electricity is not an allegory. Spirit is the breath of the creator exhaled into time and space and experienced by us as sight and light, or sound and light. We take it like Plato and mold it into fantasies that f- fulfill our basest desires. Sit quietly with your eyes closed for 30 minutes a day. You'll see your spirit. It's all the thoughts and feelings you've populated your consciousness with, the things that are giving you hypertension and ulcers and cancer. Kyle, they just told you how to fix your blood pressure, dog. I know. I should. I, maybe I should try that. Meditate? Yeah. If it's going to lead you to trans-dimensional transitions then i'm kind of in yeah yeah it's worth a shot it's worth a shot i mean it's only 30 minutes a day does anybody yeah anybody that does meditate uh hit us up yeah that could be an interesting avenue to pursue i'm sitting here like i don't have 30 minutes a day bro i spent 30 minutes on marvel strike force dog (laughs) let's go let's go so The beings, you know, they basically can't stress enough how we need to become more in touch with the creator, whomever or whatever that is. That's all they refer to it as, is the creator. That's kind of ominous. Yeah, a little bit. It makes you feel like, are you a dick or are you cool? Because the creator is so bland. But for me, yeah, it almost makes me feel like ominous, like you were saying. But they end up explaining to John that Earth is our classroom, and we alone can create longevity without transhumanism. Now, this is very interesting because they go on to claim that transhumanism would be fucking devastating for our species. What the fuck does transhumanism mean? I believe it means... I think I know, but... I believe it means, like, introducing basically augmentation to ourselves like basically what elon musk is working on uh yeah putting like machine parts inside us yep, here it is according to wikipedia transhumanism is a philosophical movement uh the proponents of which advocate the enhancement of the human condition by developing and making widely available sophisticated technologies able to greatly enhance longevity mood and cognitive abilities so cyberpunk basically and the beings claim that this is not a smart move on, on our part. But 
ironically enough, they want us to live longer because the longer we're able to survive, the more wisdom we will acquire. Another nugget here is that I find super interesting is that these beings John is talking to say we don't understand imagination. Furthermore, unpolluted imagination, which is awe and wonder. Therefore, forcing questions and by creational law, all questions must be answered. Therefore, every question is its own answer. The question itself is far more important than the answer. Yes, it's an extremely mind-boggling statement. I don't even know how to process. No, that, no. I think, it, like for me, like when I read that, it's it, like it's it's basically telling you to like, be curious. The answer's in the question, but you need to know why you're asking the question. Possibly, I just take it as like because they just go on and on about creativity and imagination, and like I feel like that is more or less. Our purpose is to explore and be creative, ask questions, be intrigued by things. Which makes you wonder if that's why children are so more in tune that's a good point. with stuff. Curiosity. Is the paranormal? You know, like, <coughs> like look at imaginary friends. Yeah. We write that yeah, off as yeah. just bored kids trying to mm. entertain themselves. Yeah. What if they're what if they know the questions before they ask them, you know? They might. And as they get older, what what do we do? We, and you know what? We beat we beat imagination out of kids. Oh, for sure. But now you say that, I'll go back here. They talk about we need or we don't understand imagination. Furthermore, unpolluted imagination exactly. which a child would most likely be unpolluted imagination until, that's fucking interesting yeah until now which were now every kid's on a kindle every kid on true. a phone it's almost like this like this operation to yeah, knock down absolutely everyone's imagination so they can't get in tune uh, dude i with fully back it somebody's Trying I've been thinking it. about this a lot lately, and my because unpolluted imagination is a little kid. Absolutely, you yeah, without I mean? question. That's a great like that is the best way to describe unpolluted imagination to me. Because I haven't had an imagination for like I don't know ever since life beat me down. I have an imagination still, but I don't. I don't think that it's unpolluted. I can guarantee you, it's not. <laughs> Probably a fucking valid point. <laughs> Nevertheless, just, pollution is subjective. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, after this, we go. You know, some of this I directly took from the book, and it's too well written not to repeat. But for me, this little section is pretty important, and it's because I feel like in today's world, people. People's imagination is being crushed for some reason, which was literally what we just were going into. It's not a thing anymore to become anything you want to be. Like when we were coming up, you know, they always said, you can be whatever you want to be if you put your mind to it. And now it's almost like they're gearing us more to just be cogs in the machine instead of having hopes and dreams because fuck hopes and dreams, I guess. I, You know. <laughs> Maybe all of us who they preached all this shit too that we could be whatever the fuck we wanted to be realized that we really can't and we're just cogs in the machine so now we're just like sorry kids 
<laughs> this is your life. Maybe. This I don't is your know. life now. You know, but, you know, I've said it before. This is why the the paranormal appeals so much to me is because it's it's searching for what hasn't been found yet. It's seeing things in your mind and and when you know it's seeing that the windigo in your, like you're envisioning the windigo when people talk about it and it's it's attributes and it's features and it's hearing the dog's man dog man's howl and the clicks of it you know clicks of its nails as it scrambled towards you like it that's that's imagination like that is for me it, it's just it's really fucking important for me for some reason it's hard to convey but I do feel like imagination is a lot more important than what people give it credit. You know, because especially the way that they made it sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even on even on like a basic level, look, like why do people appreciate reading books so much? Because you get to mentally picture everything that's going on, right? Yeah, you bu- you build the movie in your brain. You build your own escape. Right. Yeah. You know, and I've I've always felt that like daydreaming and using your imagination is extremely important when you let your mind wander and play those movies in your head, almost like it was stated, you know, questions start to form in your head by by visualizing all of this. You know, and by that happening, then you have a direction to which you may or may not find answers. You know, and this is just all my own thoughts. And and just by reading the section in this book, it just made me feel some type of way. It's just, I don't know. Like I, I said, I just cannot get over how important it makes me feel when I when I was reading through these sections. Another bombshell was that John, when he was talking with these extraterrestrials, they go into fear and how fear is the most useless emotion. Fear only exists because we haven't conquered death and i find that like a like a pretty bold statement but i i feel like it holds like it holds weight you know what i mean oh yeah i wonder what they mean by conquering death like is it is it immortality i, is that I don't know death, like not dying i don't know if i get into it but i feel like it's like i think what they're saying is we fear death for no reason. Like we haven't quite figured out. That seems like, I don't know. That seems like a, like a drastically American, Americanized look at death, you know, because there's a lot of cultures that celebrate it. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like we yeah. fear it. We spend all of our fucking money, all of our time, all of our energy, postponing death yeah for sure putting it off like like you go to the doctor all the time if you get if you get a bad diagnosis you're just shelling fucking money trying to survive yeah. where in some cultures death is like is the next like step the ultimate release you yeah. know that's that's the paradise right so it makes me wonder what what do they mean by conquering death i don't know like and that's why because I, if they're talking on a global scale the fear of death is not universal, you wouldn't think. I mean, I don't know. It probably is to a degree, but like Yeah, well, I guess. I mean Like I think it's I think I it's more or less because we don't know what happens in a lot of cultures. Yeah, no you know, that's the only thing we know about death is that people when people die, they don't fucking come back. Right, yeah. I don't know. It's just like I said, a lot of these statements in this book 
make me feel some type of way. And that's why I'm really excited to go on with like the transcript we have of the individual talking with the, the yeah. aliens to see what things coincide, uh-huh. to see if they talk the same way these talk to John. But, uh, you know, at, going back to this death thing that, you know, fear exists only because we haven't conquered death, which by fault, destroys our imagination and imagination is a portal to other dimensions this is what they told him and it just like i said it just keeps coming back to imagination and creativity and it i don't know like it 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 speaks to me and i really can't convey why but apparently you know as stated imagination is a communication tool between us and creation itself or the creator but the ets dive back into the planet and how we need to invest more and learn more. The earth, by their speaking, gives us everything. The world itself gives us resources for incarnation, air, earth, fire, water. And according to them, there's a fifth element, which is it has been and is still hidden from all mankind. And this element is what they... They said there's several different names for it, but they refer to it as ether, which is the portal element. It allows us... Well, it ain't hitting that fucking good if they know it's on Stardust. Right. It allows us out of 3D reality and into other worlds. They also note that the planet is fully aware. It's aware that we are damaging our ecosystem before long if we don't change our ways, according to them... We will pay in full. And they're like once, like the way they describe it, once the conscious earth decides to come collect, there is literally nothing we'll be able to do to postpone that. Oh, yeah. People talk about the end of the world. Motherfuckers, the world's going to be here for a long time. Humans might not be here. Yeah. But the world's going to be here. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and and like, and they even they even go on to state that like when when that time comes, if we don't change our ways, there there's not even anybody to come help. Like it's done, it's set in stone. Hey, Hollow Cult, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking chupacabra. You don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, Regular leather boots, they they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair. Of legitimate snakeskin hollow sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man 
like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Reset buttons ready to be pushed. Absolutely. RIP, humans. Shit happens. We now. Make, we need to make a shirt that says RIP, humans. Shit happens. <laughs> now, John claims in his conversation with these beings that the human race is far older than we're being told. You know, as as we talked about, the aliens confirm that there's been, been many advanced civilizations on this planet, and each time we make the same mistakes. Once that happens, we're wiped off the map, and it's a full restart. We lose, and when this happens, we lose everything and just completely start over. Like, we lose all of our knowledge, everything. Just a complete, fresh restart. All right, let's run it again and see if these idiots can figure it out. I, I, I can get behind that. Right. You know, and it's ironic because John was told that this human race, the the current ones, so that would be us, we are apparently rather special because we are we are multiracial, we are multi-religious, we are multicultural. Like that is what makes our specific set so important. And because like when we when we when you turn back the hands of time and you hear about old civilizations, you you hear about them like in an isolated matter, like like Atlantis. You know they're all by from my accounts and what I know, they're all the same I guess species so to speak. We do take a lot of uh, <coughs> a lot of pride in our individuality. Yeah, and then, and they're just you know they're saying that this is important it's important that it's important and special that we are all so different and you know when it comes if you think about it when it comes to solving this this bigger problem it actually makes more sense to have to have different people coming together on the same problem because you're that means you're going to have different outlooks you're going to have different takes on things and then if i mean jesus if it's a spiritual thing or a creative thing, you're going to have people from different parts of the world who believe in different things, but they all come together to add their yeah. take on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like as much conflict as that can cause, it also has the potential to create amazing things. Yeah. Answer, I mean, answer problems. And right. We just can't see past no. The difference is to focus on the problems. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To and focus I, on solutions. And I mean it we are not fucking makes sense. Tests. No, no, we're not doing a very good job. Beginning back to the the whole reset thing, you know, as we've suggested when it comes time for our kind to die off, we usually do it to ourselves. 
and they go on to, I guess, basically give a description. Like the last, the last great age of man was Atlantis. And according to the Supreme Beings, which this is rather ominous, that by comparison, if you were to, if you were to take our species or our race and put it up next to the Atlantis, we are almost neck and neck as far as like advancements go and your time here. That's disappointing because I held Atlanteans way higher than I hold us. Well, they they had differences, right? So they they even stated that like they had different uh, techniques on like power and stuff like that. So there you have your differences, but they're like overall, you guys are almost you're kind of like neck and neck in a way. Um, you know, like I said, they were done a little bit different, and they were doing they were doing phenomenal. Then for some reason, I guess there there was another species a race back then and they were the Lumerians, but the Lumerians. So, and this is just fucking perfect. So I'll kind of restart it here. So it flows a little better, but so you had the Atlantis, they were doing great, you know, peaceful, great civilization. And then for whatever reason, something sparked between them and the Lumerians. So the Atlantis people were like, you know what? Let's just take them out. Let's just go hard in the paint. They, they get, they go to attack the Lumerians and they basically wipe out the Lumerians, but right, I guess basically what happened was Lumerians got off a counter attack and then blah, everybody dies. Everybody dies. And if you ask me, if you, if you ask me like that literally sounds like something that could happen today. The United States decides, you know what, fuck it, let's launch some nukes at Russia. What's Russia going to do? They're going to launch nukes right back. And that's just going to be a giant nuke fest, and it's going to wipe out the entire planet. Hold that thought. Okay. Actually, continue. I'll, I'll talk about this later. All right. So, oh, that's weird. That is weird. I knew that I'd seen... That fucking word, Lumerian, somewhere before. Nice. So the Athenian culture was. You can cut all that out. <laughs> the Athenian culture was the longest-lasting civilization post-flood. Now apparently, its culture persisted in forms in Sumer, including extraterrestrial contact. Their secrets then began to migrate through time from Sumer to Babylon, then the Egyptians picked it up. Then it goes to Greece, Rome, Europe, Mesopotamium, and into the Middle East. And the relics and teachings were basically kept in secret societies. But they, these, I guess these secret societies, understood how to use the metaphysical geography like grid lines or I, which from grid lines, I would assume that these are ley lines. That makes sense. And portals and stuff like that. And so I take from this little section, what, what it says to me is that people found out that the Athenian culture was real and they found like, 
I guess in a nutshell, their their scrolls on how they did things, and then their artifacts, which could have could lead into something. And these were highly desired, and they start popping up in all these advanced civilizations throughout time. You know, Sumer to Babylon to the Egyptians and so on and so forth. Uh, then from here, we go into some eerie lessons from John's contact. He's, and this is, this is rather interesting. And I, I, I feel like there are people out there that can lay a little bit of validity to this, but he goes on. Actually, I'm starting to remember where this goes and this is fucking weird. John says that once you make contact with these types of beings, they never leave you. They're always basically Great. within contact. More so is that when you contact with these beings, it's not like being contacted by the greys. So the greys and these beings are completely different. These benign ETs are... Like they'll pop up in your field of view one second and then the next second they're gone. They also could easily pass for humans. Now, now check this out. Of course they can. This is going to make a lot of people on edge, I almost promise you. So they could pass for humans, but they're too perfect. Like when you look at them, you're just like, you are way too flawless. And uncanny valley. Yeah, like so much so that they literally stand out because they're so perfect. And I just feel like that puts an entirely new spin on everything. And it'll be it'll forever be something that I consider when somebody for whatever reason just like ironically just stands way the fuck out. Yep. Like it's just a I don't know, it's just a weird and I, I guarantee you that when people hear this, they're just going to be like, I know somebody like that, or I've seen people like that. It totally reminds me of Uncanny Valley. Right. Now, if that wasn't crazy enough, this, it takes a rather odd spin, and I'm probably going to lose a couple people along the way on this journey, but... You know, John John decides to go through, and I didn't write into this, but he he's, he goes through, like, some of our adman- advancements a little bit, like lights and automation and stuff like that. And, like, okay, you know, these are really important advancements in our civilization. But he starts to start, he starts talking about predation. And it kind of like it throws you for a spin a little bit like, okay, well, why why are we talking about predators and stuff like this is uh, this is kind of weird, kind of weird spin. And then he kind of starts to elaborate on it. You know, he's like, in, in this dimension, we are at the top of the food chain. Like there's not much on the planet that really fucks with us. Like, in this dimension. In this dimension. Yeah. Like we... You know, very rarely do you hear about animal attacks. Sure, it does happen. But overall, we have the ability, like, we far outweigh everything on this planet. Like, it, not much can really mess with us. 
in this dimension. That's what I was saying. But when you enter the fourth dimension, apparently that's when all bets are off, right? So most benign extraterrestrials don't have emotion, and they don't they don't even want to entangle themselves with us on what they go on to say is like a karma level because where they're from karma is absolutely real and they feel like by entangling with us like it, it's just it, we're just bad news yeah like <laughs> it, it would be horrible for the entire human race and like i don't know like i kind of went off on a tangent when i'm reading this because it's like that's kind of like shitty news for me because by them removing emotion, like I feel like emotion is one thing that does make the human race a special thing, you know, because without it, we wouldn't feel like we wouldn't feel what we feel for our loved ones. You know, we wouldn't share love, joy, pain, everything that is so close to the human race. That's what makes humans human. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that's what makes us special despite whatever fucking orders of the galaxy there is out there. You know, but nevertheless, these these extraterrestrials or whatever you want to label them as, they don't give a shit. They have no emotion. They, they shut it off because they look at it like it's a useless, it's a waste. It's an absolute waste to have emotion. Like they're they're more about like <laughs> I'm making gains out here. I'm getting smart, I, and we're doing great things. But I don't have time for your petty ass feelings. I relate. I'm not saying I that relate. It's, like I mean, if you're they've, you're that bent on progress, then yeah, maybe emotion <laughs> is kind of a shitty ass way to go about it. That's like what's so terrifying about aliens and interdimensional beings and shit of that nature because like ghosts and shit i feel like if they're real they have that human connection with us they right. they they were once a human so the emotional side of it they're like oh yeah we'll fuck around with you but we're not gonna like fuck around with you right whereas these things they don't give a shit no. they have no connection they have no more connection to us as, than we do as an ant crawling on the sidewalk. Yep, and it's almost described that way. And like, if, and if you reverse it, if you go back to the beginning of this, like, what do they go into? They go into the cedars, like how these things are the cedars, and they're just using us to figure shit out. They're seeding us all across the galaxy for a certain task. So, may, are we just a science experiment? Basically, trying to, they're just wanting us to figure shit out. Yeah, we're not even getting, we're not even worth a C plus at this point. <laughs> but here's where we go into predation. It's gonna be fun, ladies and gentlemen. You know, so this is like he, <clears throat> like these beings that he's talking to. They're very benign. They they're just they're there. It's whatever. But in fact, the human race has been in contact with negative beings for a very, very long time. Steve, take a wild guess as to what those beings are. Mm. Reptilians. Reptilians. I you fucking, knew fucking it, bro. nailed it. I fucking knew it. Reptilians and they are from the Draco star system. 
These are not the Bro, only, the reptilians will get you every fucking time. I'm dog. telling you, man. I'm telling you. Trust like, me. Like, we know. I know. These are not the only ones, but they're the main ones. Like, they're the main antagonists of the human race. Shout out to all the emotional support reptilians out there. Get some. <laughs> and, ironically enough, like, they kind of, uh, they kind of delve through history. And, I mean, I'm not going to argue with it. Like, I don't really know how I feel, but I'm not going to argue with it. So he says that they, they pop up in Chinese and Japanese dragon mythology. The Egyptians have alligator people in the Book of the Dead. The Islamic culture has a reference to jinn in a serpent form. And according to John, these beings are a lot of the negative ETs that come from the Orion sector, which are the basis for the Luciferian rebellion story, apparently. And like kind of uh, diving into that just a hair, the way John puts it is that basically these reptilians are what we understand as like the devil and demons in a way. It's just that like throughout time the human race was basically incapable of accepting that so they put their own spin on it right it's like the analogy that i picture is like how we our brains can't even comprehend beings from the fourth dimension like it just it yeah. pr- it protects itself that's why i think we have paranormal shit right and because we're just trying to we're trying to make something out of what we're seeing. So if that something is an eight foot tall hairy creature, we're like, that's a little bit more acceptable than this mind shattering physical presence that I don't even know what the fuck is happening. Right. right now. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of their spin on it. And I, I don't necessarily know that if that's from the Supreme beings, it might just be John's take on it. But, you know, he kind of goes into it. They, they, that these reptilians, they, they can't just come in and do things to us without form, without a form of permission. So, you know, it's like a deal with the devil, quote unquote. John goes on to say how they, they can engage us through psychics, ritual, and sacrifice. They can also possess people. And of course, they're in some cases the most powerful people on the planet weird these beings are the ones who create war and all things bad so john reacts to being told this and asks well okay so if you guys know that this shit goes on if you know the reptilians are just completely shafting the entire human race why the fuck aren't you out here helping why don't you come help us ain't got time to fuck with that and like i feel like their response is relatively fair like assuming that the reptilians are real assuming that people that the reptilians cannot just come down and be like guess what i'm going to shatter your minds i'm going to i'm going to start wars i'm going to do whatever i want assuming they have to basically have permission and make a deal with somebody so here's their response they basically tell john hey 
You guys got yourself into this mess. <laughs> I knew they were going to say that. Guess Figure who, it the fuck yeah, out. Guess who can get you the fuck out? Yourself. Out. Deal with it. This is your problem, not mine. It's not our fault that you suck at making deals. Bro, they're just trying to they're trying to get us to own our shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, when these tragedies break out, like wars and stuff like that, apparently they are caused by these reptilians. And like they they compare them and the things that they do with humans like so when we go to war, for example, we like the humans they see the plunder, the the resources, the physical things, but a bi-dimensional being doesn't have the same plunder in mind. Apparently, we are the plunder. They consume our energy. Fucking emotional vampires. Don't. And I'm gonna use a quote here. John describes it like how people can become addicted to meth or crack. Like they are addicted to our energy. And I would assume it'd be the bad energy, the bad things that come from our emotions and, and our death and stuff like that. Fear and shit. Exactly. Fear and shit. And I've heard this with many things before, but according to John and these beings, there is a cosmic law, which is consent. They must get consent before messing with us, which in the previous episode is like we talked about with Hollywood being involved in like showing us what's going on so karma doesn't come back around and screw them over. Furthermore, all this ties together, and here's once again where things get a little wishy-washy. But I'm going to go ahead and say it because it's in the book, and... It's whatever. Nothing's wishy-washy on Stardust Ranch. This is interesting. So, anyways. You know, at this point, you almost just got to be all in. So, the narrative is pushed to the limits. It goes into how adrenochrome is a bi-dimensional drug that they use, they feed on. <laughs> that They also go on to use magic and rituals to control us. Everything, according to John and these beings, is linked. He states that if you can't wrap your head around magic and science, then why did the Nazis focus so much on rituals, occult, ancient artifacts, and ritual magic? Which that section I can really get behind. Like, it it does speak to me in a way. Like, you know, because the Nazis, regardless of your feelings on them, they had a lot of really intelligent people working for them. Right? Some of the smartest minds were in the Nazi party. But they did not, like, admittingly, did focus into the occult and shit like that. And it's always made me wonder why. Why did they focus so heavy into it if there's literally nothing behind it? And Hitler did go after artifacts. That's a known thing. Yep. And apparently, you know, everything is is intertwined. It's all it all goes hand in hand. Hmm. The demonic the, the demonic possession of Hitler. Interesting. That's a new take on things. Makes sense though. You know, and and when it comes to this shit, I do I do believe that magic is real. I do feel like we have no understanding of what is actually going on. 
And, you know, when you go that road, it's, it's, I feel like it's all by design. You know, they're just dumbing us down so that we, we don't even stumble on to what may actually be out there. It would be cool to think that there are a bunch of Dr. Stranges out there and Dude, Scarlet Witches just battling under the surface. That would be bizarre. Protecting the cosmos from multidimensional beings. I don't even know. Please let that be real. I don't even know how my mind would comprehend that. It'd be sick. It'd be crazy. Like I just feel like, <laughs> like for me, so I sick. like my brain completely dumps it down. Like because you hear, like <laughs> your brain just goes no. Yeah. Like, Go back to sleep, Kyle. If you're Remember if you're into shit, this shit, you, you know damn good and well you've heard like how the elites use ritual magic and they do this and they do that. Like, what if there is actually something to that? And they're keeping it all from us from on purpose, because I I gotta believe I gotta at least feel like there's bad there's bad magic and there's most likely good magic. Oh, there has to be. If there's that's, one, there's the other. That's kind of where I'm at, right? Perfectly balances all things, right? So I don't know. It just I don't know. It's and just I so feel like they keep weird. it dumbed down because there are people out there that if they realize that this exists. They're more than capable of harnessing it and becoming a bad motherfucker. Right. Exactly. Like I just feel like I feel like there is something to karma and and all this shit. It may not be like movie style projections where you can I don't even know. I don't even know. You you know what I'm talking about though. It just it just might it might be more subtle than what we imagine, but there might actually be something to it. And that's kind of like wrapping it up in a nutshell. But there is one last chapter in the book, and that chapter is all about Joyce. But basically, it just goes into like Joyce is like, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't want to move here at all. But I promise you, everything John has told you is a hundred percent real, without question. It's all real. He's not lying to you. But before we wrap this up, John ends us with a little fucking nugget. I knew he was gonna do it. A little nugget here. And couldn't I couldn't just couldn't just let us ride off into the sunset, could he? No, and I love it. Jake the Snake Roberts dog. I love it. So John goes on to say one last thing. People imagine the Hollywood style like alien invasion, right? Like Independence Day or Battle of Los Angeles. And he's like, we've already been colonized. It's already happened. And we had no idea. He's like, but it's happened. And that is not the first time that we've heard they are among us. I read another quote like that. Oh, it was the one I shared on Facebook of the, uh, of, God damn it, I can't think of his name. Alex Jones. Did you see that? No, no but it was probably awesome because it was Alex Jones. It was awesome. I knew it. It was pretty friggin' sick. Uh, let me find it here. 
it's funny as hell. Anybody on Facebook probably already saw it. But anyways, while Steve's looking for that, once again, I recommend this book. It's a good read. I probably did a really shitty job at reiterating it because I do get tangled up in my own thoughts at times. But like I said, fantastic book. If you have the means to pick it up and you want to read it, pick it up, please. It's not that expensive. And it's, like I said, it's just a really entertaining read. And I feel like it does hit hit certain places of your brain. Like it makes you think, I don't know, just a really good book. I enjoyed it a lot. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. There are a lot of people posting on Facebook about them picking up. I know there's at least three or four that picked up the book since you started. Yeah, and I, I haven't. We don't get any proceeds from that book, by the way. No, I just, I want to <laughs> give credit where credit's due. That's what me and Steve do. We always give credit where credit's due. And if we forget, call our asses out on it, and we will give you credit. Hell yeah. It's just what we do. You know, and like I said, it was a good book. It it was fantastic. I couldn't and I, find that meme. So I don't really read books very often, so it definitely had me entertained. I know I've, I had one person reach out and was like, John's a fucking liar, and you're basically discrediting everything, but, you know. Damn, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, it's just uh, opinions, man. They opinions. said we're discrediting everything? No, that John John would be by is, by fabricating a story. So, by him discrediting it, discrediting it, this person is saying that there is legit stuff, though. Oh yeah, for sure. What? I don't know. It's it was a weird Broke. take, but whoever said this, come on the show, speak your truth. Let's hear it. <laughs> come on out. But... We want to hear your take. On how it counters John's take. You got a take. You you're more than welcome to spin it with us. Like there I said, is. I shared this meme of Alex Jones, and it's got a guy tucking his kid into bed, and said the aliens aren't real; they can't hurt you. And it's got Alex Jones firing off. They don't come from the sky; they're interdimensional. They're already among us. It's awesome. <laughs> Synchronicities, dog. Alex Jones is the man. Alex Jones, if you listen to the show and you want to come on here and just fire off, let's roll. Bro. Yeah, you can literally go whatever rabbit hole you want to go. Let's go. go. I'm down. I'm down. Weird. You're an also idiot. Weird. <laughs> we didn't get weird on that one. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that'd be Stardust, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope we get to go there. That'd be awesome. So, until next time, check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Thanks for sharing us with your friends. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay weird. And remember, aliens aren't real. They can't hurt you. But they don't come from the sky. They're interdimensional and they're already among us.